Welcome to NSN Daily. Chris Murray, I'm Brian Samudio. Jenna Holland directing behind the scenes. Uh, plenty to get through today. Uh, continuing with Chris's scholarship profiles of men's basketball players. DeAndre Henry, who to me is one of the most intriguing freshmen coming in with this class. I've seen some great video on him. Also, men's and women's signing day for Nevada basketball. Six new athletes, three men's, three women's joining the program. Todd Dreamer is going to join us from his house in Vegas. He's making the permanent move to Reno from Rail City. Going to talk some NFL picks and we'll get into bet or no bets. But probably the highlight of the day for me, Chris, is we're going to be able to introduce folks to Kirsten Moran, who is the newest member of the NSN team as a multimedia journalist joining us from San Francisco. Yeah, really exciting news coming over from the Bay Area. Worked uh, with the 49ers, both as a cheerleader and then covering the team. So really nice addition, and it'll be fun for the fans and the viewers to be able to meet her for the first time later on in the show. Yeah, she's going to be working a lot uh, in our digital content, social media, the website, of course, uh, and uh, and on air as well. But uh, let's start things off with uh, some great news. This is a big announcement for us. It's been in the making for a while. University of Hawaii game, Nevada, when they travel to the islands later this month, you'll be able to watch it right here on Nevada Sportsnet. Chris, we're partnering up once again with the folks at uh, Spectrum Hawaii, and we had their game a couple of years ago. We uh, actually sent them Alex Margulies as a sideline reporter. Of course, this time around, we can't do that, but uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier to be able to broadcast Nevada at Hawaii here in North Nevada. Yeah, awesome news. That was the only game that wasn't picked up by the Mountain West television partners of CBS Sports Network and Fox Sports. So uh, we worked our magic and we were able to bring that game locally on uh, NSN's air November 28th game. It's actually an 8 p.m. kickoff time Pacific time. So you're going to have to stay up a little bit later, but we're also going to have a pregame show and just really cool with this team uh, potentially going on a special run. I mean, everything is set up for this to be a really special special season I'm sure Wolfpack fans don't want to miss any game so uh, that one will be an interesting test obviously going to Hawaii is never an easy game but just really cool that we've been able to pull enough strings to be able to get this game on our air so our fans can watch it uh, live and in person yeah we'll have a half hour long pregame show that starts at 7 30 our friends at uh, Champion Chevrolet and Bradley Drendel and Janae uh, helping uh, fit the bill and, and make that possible so we'll have some features in that and uh, we're going to try and go behind enemy lines and see if we can uh, track down one of the announcers for Hawaii and see if it can give us some insight on the Warriors. Uh, let's let's move to a, a piece that you've got on our on our website right now of Nevada playing New Mexico at Sam Boyd Stadium. You know, for a lot of people, it may not be that big of a deal. For a team, it may not be that big of a deal. What what has been the reaction you've received when you ask about, hey, you're playing New Mexico in an empty stadium in Vegas? I mean, the season has been uh, all about adapting and making the best out of situations that might not be ideal. So the players and Coach Norvell said they're fine with it. They just want to play football games. And if they have to play on a neutral site, then they're going to do it. It's actually closer to Reno, Las Vegas, is than Albuquerque. So uh, it's not a home game for either team. It's basically just going to be a neutral site game. And I guess a cool chance to go play at Sam Boyd. The last time Nevada played there, 2008 against UNLV, that's probably the last time they thought they'd ever play in that stadium. And obviously not the most positive memories from that game. They were up 23-0 on UNLV and ended up losing that game. So uh, maybe a chance to rewrite the end of the story at Sam Boyd Stadium where Nevada had so many memorable wins. But I think the overall feeling is just uh, excited to get back out there again. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of difficult things that you have to go through just to play football games this year. I mean, Nevada has two hours of testing for COVID three times a week, which eats into their practice time, eats in potentially to some academic time. Um, so there's a lot that has to be done just to get on the field. And so far, Nevada's been able to navigate all of those issues. 
and play games. Unlike even the SEC, the SEC, the most rich uh, conference in all of the nation, have four games canceled this week. So the Wolfpack's done a great job of just getting to the starting line of playing games. And yeah, this one will be a little bit unusual, but another great opportunity for them to go out there and show that the start of this season is not a mirage, that this is a legitimately championship caliber team and one that could potentially be ranked in the top 25 if it continues to string along some of these victories. It's funny on social media, you see uh, so many different accounts from Nevada football to track and field to baseball and softball, whatever. And I follow Nevada's equipment people who are the unsung heroes behind the scenes that make sure that the jerseys are clean, the helmets are there, all the gear gets taken. It is a project to literally take a truck, fill it with football gear and drive it, you know, X amount of miles every single week. And I was watching them on Twitter and they're like, hey, truck is loaded and headed to Sam Boyd Stadium. I would have put the cannon on the truck this week, Chris. I mean, that would have been, that would have been some juice. I mean, if you're trying to find a way to fire your team up, how, how better than for them to come out of that locker room at the south end of the stadium and the cannons waiting for them in enemy territory? They're playing the Lobos, obviously. But I'd have put the cannon on the truck this week. There you go. I've rubbed it in the face of the people down in Vegas. Unfortunately, no fans in the stadium for this game. So that wouldn't necessarily work in terms of that. But, you know, a creative way to get your team going. I mean, Nevada kind of did this last weekend as a bye week. Obviously, there are no bye weeks this week. It's eight games uh, in eight weeks. But with them playing a Thursday game, Jay Norvell kind of let his foot off the pedal a little bit Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. And uh, part of the reason for that is because he said, you know, just some of those protocols I was talking about, it wears on you mentally uh, as players. And he just wants his team to be fresh and excited to play football when they hit the field on game day. So uh, he's done some creative things up to now. Uh, as we mentioned before, the Wolfpack is practicing on two separate fields with his offense and defense. So maybe a little bit of a surprise for the team, uh, you know, roll a cannon out there, get them a little bit more pumped. Who knows? I would have done it. I would have put it in the U-Haul. Don't let the kids know about it. And they walk out of the locker room after warmups and the cannon's sitting there. I mean, to me, it's just, yeah, I know there's nobody in the stands, but if, if you as a team, you can kind of, if that just brings good memories and it just brings juice. Uh, let's talk about this New Mexico team who has struggled, obviously, and defensively, they're not fantastic, but they have one of the greatest defensive minds in the country running them. And he hasn't been able to put the pieces in place that he wants what do you expect New Mexico to eventually have out of a Rocky long defense? I mean, I think it's going to be a phenomenal defense given time. I mean, both him and Danny Gonzalez are great defensive minds, as you mentioned. And even this week, um, you know, it hasn't been an ideal start. They've played two games and they've been shredded and pass defense in both of them. Um, but maybe that's given them some time to figure out, okay, what can we actually do now that I know these players a little bit better, make some tweaks heading into this game. You look at the stats, they don't do much well on defense. They don't get sacks. Uh, they don't get tackles for loss. They obviously don't pass defense, but they are top 10 in the nation in run defense this year. They're giving up only about 3.6 yards per carry. So um, do they tweak some things? to try and make sure that they can help their pass defense in a game where pass defense is crucial. Carson Strong coming off five straight games of 350 yards passing or more. Uh, the Wolfpack record is six straight games done by Mike Maxwell and John Dutton back in the mid-1990s. So he'll be playing for a little bit of history. Um, and he's just such a smart coach, Rocky Long is, that I think he'll come up with something that might, you know, trip up Nevada for maybe a quarter or two. Uh, you know, do some different blitzes, things of that nature to try and get them off balance. Utah State did that to some degree. Basically, their plan was, we're just going to drop everybody and you're not going to beat us deep. Nevada made some adjustments. They started hitting some short balls, and that was able to open up the long ball to Romeo Dub. So I'm sure Rocky will come up for something uh, with something for this game to, to try and jolt uh, that Nevada offense and just try and get it off balance because 
as Carson has said, once the chains are moving with this offense, they get supreme confidence. It's going to be really hard to stop the Wolfpack. Nevada head football coach Jay Norvell was asked about playing against a rocky long defense at his press conference this week, and this was his response. They're playing the same style of defense. They played at San Diego State, and, and uh, um, you know, and it's challenging. It's probably been, you know, the best defensive scheme in this league for over a decade, and, um, and so it's challenging, you know, whenever you play against uh, – Rocky Long coach defense. I mean, they're going to make things very difficult for you. Um, and so we've been studying it, you know, since we've been here at Nevada, um, you know, we've been really studying that defense and, you know, we've made strides, um, but, but it's still very, very challenging. And so, um, you know, I know they just started teaching it there and they're not quite, they're not quite at the same place that they were at San Diego state, but you could see it coming and, you know, that's the one thing you see about all these teams every week that, you know, everybody's getting better. Everybody's improving the more they're on the practice field and we have to get better. Uh, we really do. This is going to be a challenge. I think the one blessing we did get in the schedule was that we play New Mexico and San Diego state back to back. So we're going to be playing the same defense, similar structure the next two weeks, which is really good for us. So um, you know, we're excited. I mean, we spent a lot of time in the off season studying these guys. And, and so that's got to pay off now when we get a chance to play and, and our understanding should be at a much deeper level. Chris, this line continues to be where we thought it would be. Are you confident with, uh, where would you be confidently throwing somebody else's hundred bucks at it? <laughs> well, I will do my three keys and prediction on the website tomorrow. And I'm definitely leaning Nevada to, to cover with the points. Um, I just think it's a super favorable uh, matchup in terms of that throwing game against the New Mexico defense. Um, so de definitely feeling that way. I mean, Nevada's beat the line both for the last two games uh, pretty handily, actually. So, uh, you know, it's a team that is not playing to the level of competition, right? It could have taken things easy against UNLV and Utah State and kind of taken that win for granted, but they haven't done it. They've really uh, continued to be aggressive. Now, the second half, they haven't been quite as strong. I don't know that they're necessarily running through the finish line. It's almost like they get a big lead. And then they try and run the ball a little bit more. And there hasn't been any issues in, in you know, securing those victories and, and beating the spreads. But, um, you know, if they remain more aggressive throwing the ball, I mean, this could easily be a 30-point win. But uh, Wolfpack over the years, they've had some surprising upset losses. Uh, you know, Idaho State a couple of years ago, New Mexico State uh, against Matt Mummy and Hal Mummy when Colin Kaepernick was the Wolfpack quarterback. So just given how uncertain this season has been, you can't take any win for granted. But Nevada, definitely, if you just break down the positions – uh, a, a very superior team in terms of personnel. Yeah, Nevada, as I said last week, you can't let – you have to come out and score. Score first, score hard, score fast more, multiple times. Don't do what you did against Utah State last week, and that's basically go, you know, how many minutes and really not even show – a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of energy on offense, but defensively they they played really well. They gave up a safety, but and a touchdown, but it was on a short field. I mean, and the defense doesn't give up a safety for crying out loud, you know. But you can't turn the ball over and give a team hope. And New Mexico, you don't want to give a team like New Mexico hope. These guys are on scholarship too. All of these guys, and we say it week in week out, all of these guys were stars in high school where they played before. These are guys that are quality athletes. You don't just go out and give a, a Division One scholarship to a kid who doesn't deserve it. So, um, but Nevada needs to establish dominance, I think, early on in this one. Um, I'm, I'm always thinking to the point sometimes of 
all right, this game, if I was Jay Norvell, would I defer if I won the toss? I don't think in this one I would. I think I would probably take the ball and try and score first. Are you, are you, I know you think that deep into games too. I like being aggressive in general. And that's one of the things I've loved about Nevada's offense this year is that they're going for it on fourth down. You saw them go for it on fourth down five times against Utah State, even in their own uh, territory. And I think that just shows that Jay is very, very confident about the players that he's working with on offense, their capability, their ability to execute their experience in this offense. So I wouldn't be shocked if he took the ball. I think most coaches just defer. So you kind of have that in your back pocket. If you have a bad first half, you know, you have the ball and build some momentum in the second half. But I've loved how aggressive he's been, not only with the play calling, but going with it on fourth down, trusting his guys. Uh, You saw it on fourth and uh, three from the three-yard line. Uh, You know, most teams just take the field goal there, and, you know, they'll take the three points. And and Jay said, no, I trust my offense. I trust my dudes. They're going to go get me a touchdown and force fourth and goal from the three in a contested game, and they did absolutely that. So I wouldn't be shocked, but I I do like how Jay is, is running the show this year. All right, Libby Nevada. And New Mexico, Sam Boyd Stadium on Saturday afternoon. This is a kick on FS2 if you want to check it out. We'll have full coverage on Wolfpack All Access and, uh, of course, on our sister station, News 4, Saturday night and Sunday. Come back here on NSN Daily. She's the newest member of the Nevada Sportsnet team. We're going to introduce you to Kirsten Moran after the break. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Uh, very, very pleased to introduce you to the newest member of the Nevada Sportsnet family, uh, Kirsten Moran, joining us from the Bay Area, but now in her uh, in her home here in Reno. Kirsten, welcome to the team. How are you? Thank you so much. I am stoked to be here. I, I think that's the word everybody keeps using is is one <laughs> because it's uh, it's nice to add a team member in in a, in a time where you know you're you're trying to put out as much product as possible, but. Um, you come to us from Cron 4 and, uh, and the game uh, radio station there in the Bay Area. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I was born and raised in the Bay Area. Currently was, or just recently came from, like you said, Cron 4 and the game and was digital reporting and producing and editing. And I learned so much. So I'm excited to be able to bring what I've learned and in, in transfer it here and learn more and grow more and learn about Reno sports. Um, I cheered for the San Francisco 49ers for four seasons, and so I had the opportunity to do that. And shortly after that, last year, I got to go with the Niners and report for them at the Super Bowl, even though it wasn't the outcome that we all had hoped, but it was still um, just, just an exciting time. So I am really stoked and thrilled, and I have to feel like this had this adrenaline rush coming into NSN, so I'm excited to, for a new beginning. Obviously, anybody who gets in this business, they just they first fall in love with sports before they want to actually report on it. What was your just introduction to sports and what made you love it so much and, and want to make it uh, potentially a career? Great question. So I grew up with uh, four brothers and we played every sports from, you know, duct tape ball, of course, in the street and then baseball and softball. And I always had this competitive nature and I was like, you know, how can I make that a career? And then I started dancing and I realized I couldn't dance forever. That wasn't going to be, you can only dance for so long until your muscles and bones just don't want to work that way anymore. And I got the opportunity to report for Super Bowl 49 in Arizona and working the red carpet. And I realized, okay, wow, like this is exactly what I want to do. It's being able to take something that I'm so passionate about, sports and entertainment and make it a career. And so from there, I was like, okay, well, time to back my experience now with an education. So while cheering, I decided to go to San Francisco State 
and get a degree in broadcast communications. And then once finished, I was like, okay, I'm hanging up the palms and I'm diving deep into sports reporting. Kirsten, you are familiar with Lake Tahoe and you told me you'd been to Reno a few times. What is it about this area that, that attracted you to, to accept this job? Because I know you had been pursued by a number of media organizations. Uh, and, and the crazy thing is you try to move up here and it snows your first weekend in Reno. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely no Bay Area weather, that's for sure. I think what attracted me the most was that I love like just the country and the mountains and being able to explore um, just so many parts of Reno. There's so many different lakes and there's waterfalls and trails. And, you know, I have a husky myself who loves to get out and just explore the wilderness, you would say, or outside. And so when I was proposed with this opportunity, I was like, this is perfect. It takes what I'm passionate about being outside and, you know, being active, but also still getting to dive into college sports because San Francisco State isn't really a college town. But Reno is, is huge on Nevada football. So I was like, I would, it's like pretty much going back to college, but for my career. So it, it was a perfect match. And it's, it's not too far from the Bay Area. It's only a few hours. So that's also what I loved about it. I was actually going to ask you about your dog. So your dog's going to be coming over here soon. Our dogs get a little bit of airtime. We've seen Alex's pup. We've seen my St. Bernard Ripley. Uh, so hopefully we get to see your dog soon. But tell us a little bit about your husky. He's 100 pounds. He's massive. Um, his name is Charles, and I think that he has just a little, you know, he's, he's, he's insane. He's, I have some crazy stories I'll have to dive deep into one day. Um, he's an escape artist, that's for sure. So going from living in a house to an apartment is going to be definitely a, a challenge for him. But um, I've had, he's eight years old. So he just turned eight in October. And at first when I got him, I thought that we were going to breed him. I know you can't say that, but after getting him for a few years and learning his different just, you know, characteristics and how much of a handful he is, I was like, there's no way I'm putting through anybody else through this. So um, definitely loved him. Love, love. He's definitely kept me fit because he keeps me outside. We normally run about four miles every single day in the morning. So going from also running him in the, you know, in 60 degrees, 70 degree weather, and now it's like 20 degrees is going to be a little bit different. So I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do there. Kirsten Moran joining us here on NSN Daily, a newest multimedia journalist of Nevada Sportsnet. Uh, Kirsten, give me a sense of what it was like being on the sidelines for these Niner games in front of 50, 60,000 people. What was that experience like? Uh, an amazing opportunity to say the least. Um, I'm so thankful that I got to cheer four seasons, even though it wasn't the best of the four seasons, being that it was the time that Tom Sula coached and Chip Kelly and that Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. Those were really just, just, just hard years to cheer, especially when we weren't, we weren't winning, but the, just the experience in itself and the adrenaline rush and the the sisterhood that I got to gain for the rest of my life um, was something that I'll never forget. And also getting to know, you know, the fan base and getting to know the players behind the jersey and hearing their stories was something that I'll, I'll never forget. We're excited for the Wolfpack fan base to get to know you and learn uh, about you. And you're going to produce a ton of content for our website and also over the air. Uh, I guess, what do you know about the Wolfpack walking into this job? I'm sure we're going to be immersing you with a lot of stuff moving forward. But do you have any familiarity with Nevada football and the other local sports here in northern Nevada? Well, having worked for the organization of the 49ers and cheering for them, of course, I knew about Colin Kaepernick mm -hmm. and 
and his just background and his history. So I'm really excited to learn more about all of the sports besides just football and basketball and getting to learn just about the city and learning about the fans and about the college experience because I didn't get to have that growing up. And, you know, I went to San Francisco State, which isn't really a college town. So really getting to emerge myself in college athletics is something that I'm super passionate about and super excited about. Kirsten, you talked about how much of an outdoors person you are and you like going out on hikes and all that. The, the, when you drove into town, the white stuff that is snow <laughs> and people recreate on the snow. Are we going to get you on a pair of skis? Are we going to be able to do an exploring our backyard? Kirsten Moran snowboards or skis or something like that? I can't promise that I'll stay up, but I, I am all for trying. Um, I recently actually tried snowboarding for the first time last year, and it didn't go as smoothly as I thought it would, just because I'm, you know, I've wakeboarded pretty much my entire life, and I thought, oh, it's, it's got to be the same. No, no, it's definitely not. So I'm excited to try snow activities aside from sledding and tubing and really trying to, I guess, perfect my non-snowboard ski skills. <laughs> Well, we've got Alex, Alex Todd Rez, Alex Todd Julian Delgadio. Uh, I'm sure he'll take you under your wing and, uh, you know, you'll be flying down those mountains soon enough. I can't wait. Chris, do you have a, an assignment in mind that you're already like, hmm, what's going to be the first assignment we put Pearson on? Uh, I mean, she obviously has a ton of 49ers expertise, so maybe we write a little bit more about the 49ers on the website, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and help her through learning the Wolfpack. Obviously, you and I have been doing this for a long time, probably combined almost 50 years, so, uh, you know, getting to new, know new teams is, is not the easiest thing, so we'll, we'll give her a little bit of time to adjust, but yeah, we're definitely going to be putting her to work soon. Guys, Kirsten Moran has uh, joined us as our newest multimedia journalist. Yeah, Kirsten, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't want to step on you there, but we're excited to have you. No worries. I was joking with Chris yesterday. Oh, is there somebody that I need to, to follow along to learn more about Nevada sports? And, you know, I heard Chris has the scoop. So if there's anybody <laughs> that I'm going to learn from, it's going to be him. Kirsten, we appreciate the time. And, uh, yep, uh, Wolfpack fans, Northern Nevada sports fans, uh, you're going to see a lot of Kirsten Moran online, on social media. And uh, of course, on our website and right here on Nevada Sports Net on the air as well. Kirsten, welcome to the team. Thank you so much. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, our profiles of Wolfpack scholarship basketball players continue an exciting forward. DeAndre Henry will introduce you to the incoming freshman after the break. Chris has been diligently profiling these scholarship uh, players for the men's basketball team with that season uh, quickly approaching. Uh, DeAndre Henry, 6'7 forward. Uh, Chris, I look at this kid on tape and he's electric. He was one of those guys where when Nevada got the commitment, I think a lot of Wolfpack fans were like, what, what are you doing with this dude? Because the offers were all like UKMC and UAB and like all these initials that you don't even know what yeah. stood for. But I think this is the beauty of Steve Alford and Craig Neal, who was specifically on DeAndre Henry, is this is a uh, reformed former really, really good offensive tackle in football who had power five offers and decided, you know, I want to play basketball for my future long term. And Nevada was able to get on him early before he kind of blew up. This last year, he played for Phoenix Prep, which is a high level um, uh, high school area uh, team in Phoenix. And 
uh, played in the grind session all-star game. The grind session is basically all of Adidas's really big high school teams and they play in a league nationally against each other. Literally the best players in the country. Uh, you're talking about guys like Jalen Green, who's probably going to be the number one draft pick in next year's draft, play in this league. And DeAndre went out there. He averaged 17 points. He averaged 11 rebounds. He shot almost 60% from the field. He dominated uh, the grind session. And as I mentioned, he was the only all-star in that game who was not a four or five-star recruit. Uh, and he's actually an unrated recruit by 247 Sports. So, uh, you know, six foot seven, really, really good size, very athletic. He's turned from more of an offensive lineman physique to more of a lengthy, lean uh, basketball player kind of physique, but he still has great physicality. So this is a guy who not a lot of people were on, and I think he could turn into a really, really good player down the road. The biggest question just this year is with how deep Nevada's front court is, is he going to get a ton of minutes? But there is definitely a lot to like about DeAndre Henry as a basketball player. I love the fact that he's got a football player mentality. I mean, I, I look at that and I think of guys like Corey Jackson, and granted, physically, he's not where he is yet, or a Jordan Caroline, a guy that – it's like trying to cover a Brahma bull in a phone booth. I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that wants to compete with you on both ends of the floor. And um, I like him. I like him as a prospect. Coach Alford says he has a really high ceiling. And, you know, he's a kid who's not going to be afraid of the weight room. You know, that's that's one of the knocks sometimes on basketball players is that they maybe they're not weightlifters. Maybe they're not guys that like to lift. If you're a guy who was playing offensive tackle and he had multiple offers to play college football, you're not afraid of the weight room. And if you are in the paint and you're strong, swinging and swinging elbows around, nobody's going to want to compete with you. But I agree when it comes to minutes, they may be few and far between this first season, but be patient, young man. Uh, I think, I think you're going to have a, a very good future at Nevada. Uh, speaking of the future at Nevada, three players uh, signed by coach Alford on, uh, on Wednesday, Chris, uh, let's start off with I think the gem of the group and it's a transfer from Oregon and Addison Patterson is six, six guard. Yeah. We talked a little bit about him last week cause he just committed to Nevada, but a top 50 recruit coming out of high school, uh, a very uh, athletic, very electric wing player. He actually played really well at Oregon. He didn't get a ton of minutes as a freshman around 10 minutes per game. But if you just look at his productivity in a per minute basis, uh, he was one of the team's best players. He played against the Mountain West school before Boise State. He had a career high 17 points in that game. So I think at the Mountain West level, he's going to be an elite athlete. Like he's going to be athletically better than a lot of guys that he goes against. Now, technically, because he is transferring mid-semester, he would have to sit out until mid-semester next year. So he wouldn't be eligible for the November and December games. Nevada is going to put in a waiver to try and petition to give him a full year of eligibility. Um, so he might be kind of a mid-season boost to next year's team. But uh, if you just look talent-wise, he's one of the best players Nevada's ever signed, a kid from Canada. He's played for their youth team, so he's played international ball. Um, but yeah, really, really high ceiling on that guy. He could be a really good player down the road. Let's move to a uh, legacy. Nick Davidson is a uh, 6'8 forward, a uh, 6'8 out of uh, modern day high school in Santa Ana, California. Both his mom and dad were athletes at Nevada. Yeah, 6'8", 210 pounds. As you mentioned, his dad, Kirk, played basketball for Nevada. His mom, Kelly, then Kelly Martin, played volleyball for the Wolfpack. Uh, you know, he's got really good size. He plays for an elite team. Uh, Mater Day, uh, coached by Gary McKnight, who's a legendary coach in Southern California, top 25 team in the nation, playing with four or five other Division One players on the same team, many of them being four- and five-star recruits. So his numbers are not like eye-popping, eight points, five rebounds and assists per game. But he was a guy who was recruited at a pretty high level as well. Um, and he's a guy who is going to be thrown into that front court mix. Uh, that's an area that uh, Coach Alford's really built up. You see a lot of teams now 
going with positionless basketball. Just give me four guards and one guy who can rebound and we'll go forward with that. That's not how Steve Alford's building this team. He's building this team with legitimate post players. He's going to play with multiple bigs, maybe even three bigs at, at, at one point. Uh, if he feels like somebody like a Zane Meeks could go out there and, and defend the three positions. So um, I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to have a really good career at Nevada. He's a very smart player as well. Um, and he can do a lot of different things, which I think will uh, allow him to find a role at the Wolfpack. And wrapping up the class of three, uh, Jalen Weaver is six foot uh, four guard out of Aurora, Colorado via Southern California Academy. Yeah, so he's the uh, highest rated player in uh, Colorado in that class. As you mentioned, he is transferred to a team in Southern California, just a basketball academy like a lot of these kids do. We had him on the show a couple of months ago, and it seems like a really, really enthusiastic guy, a very athletic guy. Uh, you know, he could play point guard. He can play shooting guard for you. He's big for a guard position, so he can rebound really well uh, as well. But I think just when you look at the class overall, the quality of player Nevada got in this class as opposed to maybe the first two under Coach uh, uh, Alford, much, much better. Uh, you know, you get some time to develop these relationships. You get more time to recruit these guys. Uh, you get more time to sell your program, what you're doing at Nevada, a 10-year contract. I'm going to be here as long as you're going to be here, which I think is big is in recruiting. Um, but definitely this caliber of recruit that they were going at in this 2021 class, better than the 2020 class. And I think as you move forward 2022 and beyond, it's just going to get better and better. I think at, at the beginning, you take who you can get to fill out a roster and be as competitive as you can. And then you go and you try and recruit better players and make it more competitive with your program. And they certainly did that with this uh, three-person class. You're talking about a four-star recruit in Weaver, a high three-star recruit um, in Nick Davidson. And then you look at Addison Patterson, and this guy was a fringe five-star recruit. So definitely a higher caliber of recruit. And we'll see if they pan out uh, as a result. Of course, the Wolfpack women share Lawler Event Center with the men. And Amanda Levin signed three players on Wednesday as well. Two guards and a 6'3 uh, forward. Let's start with the forward, Chris. Um, Natalie Lathrop um, out of Oregon. And uh, a lot of accolades for her uh, coming out of high school. Yeah, she's a really, really good player. And the height, I think, is the thing that stood out to me. Nevada doesn't have a ton of height on its roster. They'll get a player who's six foot three, uh, you know, is a, a really, really good job to add that height. And she's skilled, too. I mean, 17 points and 10 rebounds per game, uh, shooting better than 50% from the field. Uh, you know, her coach has raved about her competitiveness as well. Um, never stops attacking, runs the floor extremely well, very good on the offensive glass. So I think that could be a player who could come in and make an immediate impact just because the height's going to get her on the, the floor. And then I think the skill set's going to make her stick on the floor. I had to look this up. Uh, Kaylee Borden is a five, six freshman guard out of Anadarko, Oklahoma. I had not heard of the population of 6,000 Anadarko. It's about 50 miles outside of Oklahoma city. Yeah. And a three-time uh, conference championship. Uh, she won the state championship last year. Uh, average 15 points per game, a really, really good three-point shooter. I think that's what she's going to bring to the team, 45% from three last year. So uh, if you can hit anywhere near 40% uh, as a basketball player, so that's somebody who, if she's going to continue to shoot like that, I mean, she could probably step in and make an immediate impact with the Wolfpack. Shooting's been an issue the last couple of years. They just haven't had that dead-eye shooter where you can say, okay, this, this player, you have to guard with one and two players and that opens up so many driving lanes and so many post opportunities for the other players. So when you look at Borden and her uh, main skill, the reason that she got recruited so highly, it was because of that shooting ability. And finally, Audrey Roden, a 5'9 five, five, freshman guard out of uh, Oregon. So good size for a guard. 
Yeah, and I think she can probably play both positions at Nevada, both uh, shooting guard and point guard. 17 points per game last year. Uh, you know, her shooting wasn't quite as efficient. Shot about 40% from the field overall. So that'll be something that she has to work on. But uh, all three of these players come from winning programs. And I think that's what all coaches look for, right? They want their culture to be good. That's something that Nevada's really worked on over this offseason is to make that culture as strong as possible. And one way you do that is you get uh, people who are used to winning and they'll sacrifice some of their own game to lead to that winning. And I think all three of these players fit in that mold. All right. Sounds good. If you want to learn more about them, just go to NevadaSportsNet.com. Coming up next year on NSN Daily, we're going to be moving into, how about our Rail City Picks of the Week? Todd will join us on the other side of the break. The following segment is sponsored by Rail City Ale House. It is Thursday. That means we're getting our Rail City Ale House NFL picks with Todd. Todd DeRemer coming to us from a, a different location. You're in Vegas because you're in the process of moving. And you said that the, the Cook jersey and the Man Cave Vikings pennant are like the only things left in the house. Yeah, they're the last thing to go, right? They got to be they got to be left till the end. Are you going to wear the Cook jersey and then put the Man Cave thing on, on the antenna as you drive back? <laughs> yeah, I think I might put it on to make me safe, see if I can get there a little quicker. Exactly, exactly. That's a rough trip, man, when you're driving a U-Haul across the Nevada desert. Uh, let's dive right into this. Uh, Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders uh, minus five over under is 51. Uh, what, uh, what are your gut thoughts on this one? So I like the Raiders to cover. Um, I also think that the under is the play. I think the defenses might show up a little bit stronger this week. Um, everybody's just settling in more and more, right? So I think that uh, the under is the play, but I think the Raiders will cover. Chris, where are you sitting with this game? Yeah, I'm with Todd. I would pick the Raiders as well uh, to cover those points. Uh, I like how their running game is coming along a little bit. Obviously, Derek Carr stretching the field a little bit more. He had two really deep passes against the Chargers that were really the difference in that game. So, uh, like how the Raiders are playing, I'm not sold on Drew Locke uh, for the Broncos. So, uh, I'd lay the five and a half points and, and pick the Raiders on that one as well. I agree completely. I like the Raiders and I like the under but I am going to say Malik Reed does sack Derek Carr at least once. I think Malik is back in the sack column for the Denver Broncos, former Nevada uh, superstar, uh, having a great second season with Denver. San Francisco 49ers at the New Orleans Saints. Saints minus nine and a half. And honestly, I don't have a problem with that line. Over-under is 49. Todd? Uh, I don't either. I think the Saints will just keep rolling. Um, I had them to win last week, and they, they obviously pulled it out against the Bucs who didn't show up. So i like them to do the same thing again this week and just blow them out. Chris, uh, the Niners are just so understaffed right now. And, I mean, I, I don't have any faith. Yeah, they'll get a couple of offensive weapons back, but I agree with you. I mean, I'd be maybe scared of a backdoor cover if they just pull Breeze out. I mean, you saw in last week's game against the Packers, 49ers got down big, and then they, you know, they, they were able to make the final score look a little bit more competitive. Drew Brees has been playing really well. He got off to a slower start, but you look at the last three or four games, he's been excellent. Uh, the Saints at home, uh, even though there isn't going to be a crowd, is, is usually a pretty big deal as well. Uh, 49ers going uh, from West Coast to, to East Coast, obviously a, a big deal. So uh, I would lay those points a little bit concerned about that backdoor cover, but I think I'd be confident enough that the Saints are going to win this one by double digits. Yeah, I, I agree with the, on, on the backdoor cover, but at the same time, if you're the Saints – You've got a lot of confidence in your backup. I don't mind seeing – give me some Taysom Hill. I got – when I saw Taysom Hill play for BYU at Mackey Stadium against Nevada, I'm like, this guy's a stud. He could play anywhere. He could pretty much play any position. But uh, the Saints, I think, do run him out there too often. And it's – you know, 
it's, it's very, very predictable at times when Taysom Hill is in a football game. I'll wrap it up with the, the Minnesota Vikings, which we see well represented there on Todd's screen at the Chicago Bears. I mean, the battle of the black and blue division, Bears plus two and a half, the over-under is 44 and a half. Um, you got to take your Vikings here, right? Absolutely. I think the Vikings cover the two and a half. Um, they're better than that. So I think they for sure cover. I also like the over. I think Cook will still run well, not, not as well as last week. Obviously, the Bears defense is a little bit stronger, but I still think they go over the 44 also. So I like the Vikings to cover the over. Chris, do you agree with uh, Todd and uh, his Vikings pick? Yeah, I mean, too much agreement. But since Todd be, uh, has been coming on the show, uh, his Vikings are 2-0. and So we're obviously the good luck charm because things were not yeah. looking since then. Maybe Dalvin Cook coming back helped them a little bit as well. But I, I haven't been big on the Bears the entire season. Obviously, their defense is much better than their offense, and that's what's led them to a pretty good record. Uh, you know, I just don't have a lot of faith in Nick Foles. So I, I would lay those points and, and still bet on the Vikings, even though they're a road favorite. Um, and uh, I guess the over-under for Dalvin Cook yards, Todd, what, what would you set that as? Because he's been unbelievable last couple of weeks. Last week it was 88. It's not out there yet, but I think it's over 100. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I think I, it gets up there. They keep, every time he hits it, they push it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Make it harder to pick. Next week is 144, and even Cook, come on. Yeah, right. I mean, he did only have 206. Yeah, right. Uh, What's going on at uh, the Rail City Alehouse this weekend if people want to come down and uh, watch some football? So this weekend, lots of stuff happening. Obviously, again, come down, place your picks on the kiosk to beat me, and then win the the $100 food comp, some free play, and you get to watch especially the primetime game in the Alehouse. And then also for our casino guests this weekend, we have a gift. It's actually a sports tracking watch. It's a pretty cool thing. We've tested it out. It works really well. So come down, uh, sign up for the club, earn 750 points, get one of those watches. And then um, this weekend, if you come down, you say you saw the show, they'll give you $10 in free play when you sign up for a card. And then I'm boosting the Raiders jersey, hoping, hoping the Raiders will win. So if you come down, sign up for the card, wear your Raiders jersey. We're now going $15. Let's get these folks some free slot play and get them playing on the machines and winning some money at Real City. Cool. Cool. Todd, can you remind folks, I mean, we are in the middle of a pandemic here. Can you remind folks the safety precautions that Rail City is taking to, to keep your players safe? Absolutely. So we still only have one entrance open. You can only come in from one entrance. We're, uh, we have an officer there taking temperatures, double checking to make sure you're feeling well, making sure you have a mask on. And then the entire team um, is walking around. They're cleaning machines as soon as someone finishes playing. Um, the restaurants are getting cleaned as soon as people get up. And then we have folks just reminding you, wear your mask. That's the biggest thing. Um, they finally seem to have caught on that you got to wear the mask um, or you just can't be inside. So, Todd, always a lot. A pleasure to talk to you, man. Appreciate the insight. And, uh, you got to take those things off the wall, man, and make the move up <laughs> to Northern Nevada. It's, uh, it'll be good, good to have you permanently. Absolutely. I can't wait. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, it's bet or no bet. We'll dive into Thursday night football, Colts and the Titans. That's after the break. What is Thursday? That means bet or no bet. Uh, Thursday night football, Colts and the Titans. Uh, this is an even when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the betting line, Chris. Forty-eight and a half is the over/under. Um, for me, just. Price of admission is watching Derrick Henry run the football and seeing what Phillip Rivers is going to do next. I was surprised this is a pick I've even seen a line where the Colts are giving up a point. I would have guessed Titans by like four or five. Um, so I, I'm heavy on the Titans in this game. Uh, they're at home. It's a short week. I think that's always a big boost. Uh, I never trust 
Rivers to win a game for me. He usually does one or two things to turn the ball over. Uh, and like you said, I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, he's really emerged as probably the best running back in the NFL. I mean, you could argue Dalvin Cook, and I'm sure Alfredo uh, Todd would over at Rail City. But um, yeah, I, I like the Titans in this game a lot. Um, I'm not sure why it's so close, but it's a huge game in the AFC South. Uh, whoever wins this one uh, going to be in really good position to win that division. Yeah, I like the Titans in this one. And um, over under, I, I don't know what I would touch there because Rivers can be very, very uh, unpredictable. I mean, he's 10 touchdowns and he's thrown seven picks this year. Ryan Tannehill's been very, very efficient with the football. I had 19 touchdowns and just three interceptions. But like I said, Derrick Henry is an absolute bulldozer running the football and it's just so much fun to watch. But I, I don't know if you caught uh, last week, uh, Philip Rivers fell into internet meme lore history trying to make a tackle and the poor guy ends up on his backside and you could tell he did a philip rivers all he needed was the bolo on and he smacked the ground as they're jumping over him and running but all the other way oh i definitely saw that play uh you don't want your quarterback making tackles so it's probably best yeah. if he fell on his butt and kind of waved his arms as the guy ran by him uh you know it's better than him getting hurt at least i'll give him that um, but that was funny that that's definitely that's not something that's going to live on on the internet for a long long time Colts and Titans, our Thursday night football game this week. It will be on Fox if you want to uh, check it out, Fox or NFL Network uh, tonight. So we'll be right back here on NSN Daily with some final thoughts as we wrap up the show after this. It is definitely uh, one of the greatest golf tournaments of uh, sporting events of the year, the Masters. I mean, uh, Chris, I put this up there with the Indianapolis 500, the Daytona 500, the Kentucky Derby, even if you're not uh, a hardcore fan if you're a casual fan I think people tune in to watch this sort of thing there's just something different about playing at Augusta and I think the biggest thing in golf is that it's at the same exact location every year you look at the U.S. Open the British Open the PGA Championship a lot of really cool venues and unique venues but it's always different so maybe you don't have that attachment to I remember five years ago when Tiger did this uh, you know shot on this hole or I remember when Jordan Spieth dunked it in the water a couple of times, or I remember when Jack Nicholas chipped in on this specific hole. So the memories just build on themselves and that just makes the legacy of that tournament and that venue that much greater. Um, it's a beautiful course for sure. And it's kind of been cool to see it in the fall. We usually see it in the spring. So some of the colors a little bit different, but uh, yeah, if, if there was one course that I could either a play or any tournament that I could win, it would definitely be the Augusta and it would definitely be the masters just because of how much history has been made on that course. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is that events like this, they have so much lore to them, and there's a moment. There's the kissing the bricks at the, at the uh, Indianapolis 500, the milk afterwards. It's donning the green jacket and being able to have that, have that sort of thing. The way TV just turned on. Um, having that, the power just came on back in the house here in Northwest Reno. But having moments like that that are just so cool, uh, that's what makes sports Great. Uh, for Jenna Holland, director behind the scenes, I'm Brian Samudio. He's Chris Murray. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow.